0: Welcome to Who's at the Cottage, a show about getting away, being away, and all the things that happen in between. Support for this podcast comes from the fine folks at Neal Brothers, an iconic tastemaker of extraordinary foods.
1: Hey, welcome back yet again. Here we are at Andy's. Hey, Andy, how you doing?
2: Mo, I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful, awesome, thank awesome. you.
2: You know, I, I noticed that Chris is uh, is wearing those uh, fancy Tommy Bahama shorts again. Tonight. I am, I am. I love these shorts.
3: They're
1: just—they're so cool. I love them. And I'm loud. <laughs> oh,
2: Mel, <laughs> wear nice. those
3: sunglasses.
1: Be
2: nice.
3: How are you, Mel?
1: I'm well, thanks.
3: Excellent. Nice to see you again. Thank you.
1: And I'm so glad. I'd like to welcome you, Terry Follis, to our show.
3: Thank you for having me.
4: Delighted to be here.
1: I'm so glad you can make it. We had tried to do this before, and you weren't. Uh, I think you're out of town, and. Now it's great that you made your way here to Andes. Well,
4: it's a long drive to Andes, but uh, worth the drive, I would say.
1: Just like Acton. Exactly. Okay, so what are we talking about tonight, Mel? (laughs) We are talking about Terry's book. We are.
5: Terry, do you want to tell us what your book is, your latest one?
4: Well, happy to. Uh, This is number six. It's called One Brother Shy. Uh, I think of it as a funny novel of discovery and recovery. Ooh, uh, that discovery rhymes. because it does. <laughs> I spent a long time getting those two words together uh, like that.
3: Uh, no, I can imagine,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> God, you're such a writer. <laughs>
4: That's right. You should do this for a living. That's right. Well, you can try to do it for a living. It's <laughs> awfully hard to do it for a living. Though. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, it's it's a book. I'm writing about something that I know a little bit about. It's about identical twins and the discovery of a family secret. The narrator doesn't actually know he's an identical twin when the novel opens and uh, heads off on a quest to track down the identical twin brother he's never known. And then they track down the father neither of them ever knew as well. Uh, but uh, it 's perhaps a little bit darker than some of my other novels, but still with the same i hope sense of humor that you can find in in my earlier books uh, but uh, this narrator is a little bit damaged he 's not just flawed in a human way the way my other narrators are he is there 's something more deeply rooted there that has affected his life that he that's the recovery part uh, ah. of the novel.
1: So. Wonderful. So let's let's go back for a second because, indeed, this is not your first novel, and you are a two-time Leacock Memorial Medal for Humor Award winner. I'm just reading my notes because I don't want to get that wrong, <laughs> and that's not to be overlooked. So um, what book is this for you? How many have you written? This
4: up? is number six, and I'm banging away on number seven.
1: Fantastic. So super exciting, really happy to have you here because we want to talk about two things that are really important at the cottage books and music yeah they often go hand in hand on a rainy day or not a rainy day so um maybe mel you can jump in a little bit and just um ask terry about how he came to this uh calling in life because mel is probably our 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 our, uh, star reader i love to read oh good so Mel can read. I can read. <laughs> Very Which proud of that. good to know, you know? I don't know about Chris. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Chris, Chris so likes
2: <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Yeah?
3: Because he rhymes and stuff.
1: <laughs> so hey, he's discovery good. and recovery. There right? you go. Right. I
3: totally, totally got that one. Does the rest of the book rhyme like that, too? Because if it is, I'm in. That's what
5: so, Terry, now I know you have a cottage on 12 Mile Lake.
3: 12
4: Mile Bay.
5: Bay, sorry. Now, so is that where you actually write from, or do you are you a city boy, part-time?
4: Mainly a city boy. I, I have written at the cottage, and I love to write at the cottage, uh, but I don't often have the extended time at the cottage that we would all like to have that would allow me to write. Uh, I still have a day job at least four days a week.
5: And so this latest novel, is that taken from some... Incident in your own family, or where do you come up with these great ideas?
4: Well, I, I am a member in good standing of the "Write What You Know" school of mm-hmm. writing. You can find pieces of me and pieces of my life strewn about. Uh, so there's the pages a family secret novels. in the fallus. Of- well, there isn't a family <laughs> secret. It, it isn't a secret that I have had ident- an identical twin brother my entire life. Mm-hmm. But, and actually several months before that. But this, is a, this that. is a mystery, <laughs> this book. There is, there is a, a bit of a mystery in it mm-hmm. that uh, requires some solution. Uh, but I, so I haven't, my life has not been beset with the kind of challenges that my narrator has has confronted in his life. Uh, but uh, it would be pretty boring if I just wrote about my rather idyllic childhood growing up in Leeside. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, that, uh, that probably wouldn't make, make for much of a story. So I take the idea of identical twins, which I can write about with some considerable authority, and then I create uh, a, a, you know, a, a different story, uh, I hope an interesting and compelling story but you will be the judge of that. Well,
5: based on your awards, I, I'm, I have no doubt it will be compelling.
1: <laughs> so you alluded to the other four days a week of your life. I'm just going to throw a quote at you from Mr. Leacock himself and tell me if this resonates at all. Advertising may be described as the science of arresting the human intelligence long enough to get money from it. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That is a great
4: line. And I just
1: uh, I thought that might be interesting, given that you're not uh, specifically in advertising, but you're in a communications field. But I'm
4: in that world. Uh, I am in that world. And we are often uh, developing communications plan where there is some intent or a call to action on behalf of the target audience, whether it's to move products or, or move minds or do something like that. So I can appreciate that comment. He is, uh, he is very smart and very witty, that man.
1: Insightful for sure. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about your first book, which um, I know it has quite a storied story. Uh, really bad pun there. Really, Re- uh, really, really, bad. Pun. really bad. I'm ashamed, actually. Yeah. But specifically, uh, lately and currently, I'm thinking about how y- how you feel if you see any parallels, because in that book, the. The uh, protagonist was on a quest to get somebody elected that shouldn't have been elected. Right. Does that does, does that, that remind feel you of anyone? <laughs>
4: hmm. A little, f- except with the opposite effect. In, in, <laughs> in the novel, uh, the the unlikely candidate who didn't want to be elected, and through a series of mishaps, finds himself on the floor of the House of Commons as a newly minted member of Parliament. He does all the right things when he's there, even though he doesn't wish to be there, as opposed to the other, more contemporary uh, uh, situation where we have someone who wanted to be there and does all the wrong things.
3: Right. So, right. are we mentioning names? No,
4: I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Okay, but, good. Uh, no. No. All right. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
1: all, it's all fiction. Oh, it's, it's all fiction. It's, yes. Right. Yes. It's, apparently, it's, it all is fiction. all fake. So, <laughs> as we sit here uh, at Andy's place, uh, producing our podcast, recording our podcast. I think you have some history with podcasts. Why don't you tell us about that?
4: I do have some history in podcasting. Um, I, I first started podcasting back in 2006 uh, when I think there were eight podcasts out there <laughs> in Canada. I mean, you
5: were the father of po- podcasts. Well, the
4: podfather. <laughs> that, that, oh, I love it. <laughs> that, that name has been used before, but uh, generally not. Ascribe to me, okay. but uh, yeah, I, we were really interested in in the social media as it began to swamp our shores, and as a way to uh, to learn about it, a colleague and I started our own podcast called Inside PR, which is a half-hour weekly show about the public relations industry, communications world, where I continue to operate now and then, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, so we did. I did 250 weekly episodes without missing a week, including Christmas and all those other. You are summer. a rock star. He's
1: putting us to shame. Well, I was no, no, thinking. but the,
4: it, and the show still goes on. Ten years later, the show was still on.
2: But I'd
1: wait, not, wait, but was there dinner served?
2: <laughs> no, I'll <laughs> tell you <laughs> how it happened. Not either I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I have a question for sure. Terry. So, Terry, you you um, you podcasted your first book? Yes. Before it was published. Yeah, that
4: was how I I couldn't find a publisher. I spent a year trying to find a a publisher for my first manuscript, The Best Laid Plans, and was greeted with a deafening silence. I did not even make a big enough impact on the traditional publishing establishment to generate an automated rejection letter. (laughs) Well, you
5: showed them, didn't you? (laughs) I showed them,
4: I guess. Right. right. So I I moved down the path of self-publishing that that first novel and to try and build an audience for it given that it didn't have a publishing houses marketing team behind it i decided to podcast it in its entirety and give it away for free on on itunes and on my blog and january 2007 i started reading one chapter
2: each week and uploading it to uh, to the internet my favorite of terry's novels is no relation it's hard to pick one but i think that's my one favorite that's good of you i had a lot of fun
4: with that and that's a story of, of a guy who has a famous name. He is not the famous person, uh, but he lives with this famous name, and it's a burden. And he starts a self-help group in New York with other New Yorkers who live with famous names, but they aren't the famous people. And the idea came to me when I had a client meeting early in my consulting career, 1988 it was, and I had a meeting with a labor lawyer whose name was Brian Mulroney.
3: <laughs> oh, come on. I'm not kidding. And in
4: 1988, of course, Brian Mulroney was prime minister. Yeah. So this was just another guy named Brian Mulroney who practiced uh, labor law and still does. Uh, and our client was in a labor dispute, and we had a meeting downtown. And, I mean, the poor guy could not go to his son's soccer game or a neighborhood barbecue or a conference without everybody making comments they probably thought they were really creative and funny comments, oh, and he had heard them all. Yeah, and uh, I just stowed that idea away in my brain pan for the ensuing
3: twenty <laughs> years or something, or,
4: and uh, it finally emerged uh, as uh, as one of the kernels in this in this story. So.
3: and does he know this?
4: He does. I, in fact, I asked him if he minded if I told the story of where it came from, and I, I thank him in the acknowledgement. Oh, very lovely.
1: Good. Terrific. So I think we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk to Terry and everybody else about their favorite reads at the cottage. We'll be right back.
0: Who's at the Cottage is supported by Grill Time Gourmet Meat Shop. Receive $5 off your next order when you mention the podcast. Grill Time at 62 Layer Drive in Leaside. Take out or cookout. come and get it.
1: Offer available until September 4th, 2017.
0: Bailing out the paddle boat for an early evening ride. Welcome back to Who's at the Cottage?
1: So welcome back. Uh, joining us today is Terry Fallis, prolific Canadian author. We're talking about words and music, two really, really important things at the cottage. You're out in the hammock, you're out in the dock, you want a good book to read and some great tunes. And joining us later, special delightful guest is Jeff Spindell from Boom 97.3, who's going to uh, take a look at our guest list playlist, something we've been working on here.
0: Uh-huh. And now it's time for Ask Andy Anything. Each week one of our guests asks Andy a question. Here's this week's. Andy, steal yourself for this
4: question. So when you grab one of my books, no. When you grab <laughs> when you grab a book and sit down for some Andy time, what's in your glass
2: and what's on your plate? Um, God, I, there's a couple of key beverages that would be in my glass. I think uh, I've always been a huge fan of a, a really nice uh, dark rum. Um, yeah. Just love sipping on it, really. It's a little bit sweet, you just know. Straight just up? With, no, with some ice. Okay. Yeah. That but still sounds great, straight yeah, up to me. Yes, it is <laughs> <do> straight up. <laughs> or, or depending on if it's a really good one, just ice, or if it's a lesser quality, I, know, I might throw in a little Diet Coke or something Same. like that, but yeah. no more sugar than. anyway. And, and then there's probably in the middle of the afternoon nothing in a plate but more likely a bowl. Mm, yeah. um, if you don't mind me uh, changing it a little bit, and there's I, I, I'm a huge fan. I've said this before. The Neal Brothers corn salsa is something that I could eat by the teaspoon. And mm-hmm. I would dip some of their uh, tortilla chips in that. Or one of my other favorite snacks, um, and I love to do them, is I would buy an unseasoned cashew. I'll season it and smoke it. So you got a lightly smoked. You s- roll it in something. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really intrigued. <laughs> Light, lightly seasoned and smoked, and I'm a cook. Was, we're I talking see. cooking. Oh, um, really? Lightly seasoned, lightly gotcha. seasoned oh, and I smoked cashews.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Amsterdam Brewery, brewing damn good beer in Toronto since 1986.
1: So just to go back, Mel was mentioning your cottage is. Twelve Mile Bay, that's like Huron, right? Georgian Bay.
4: No, it's uh, yeah, it's a finger bay that comes off of Georgian Bay, about forty kilometers south of Parry Sound. So, so just and near MacTier, Ontario, was the la- is the is yeah. the the closest uh, metropolis uh, <laughs> of any of note. Of
3: course, is ever been called a <laughs> metropolis before? <laughs> now, baby. Wow.
1: So Only on this show. <laughs> how long a drive is that for you from the city? Hint, hint. Uh, it depends <laughs> on. we're uh, available one we're looking, weekend. We're right. going for on location and we're looking Right. Well, you would
4: be more than welcome. It's, uh, if there is no traffic, you can do it just inside of two hours. Uh, but that was last done in 1969, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, so it's about uh, it's two and, a, two and a quarter hours, two and a half hours.
1: So I'm guessing you do the Highway 11 uh, 400. Nope. You
4: do we do 400 mm. and then the 400 extension, which right. used to be Highway 69. Correct. Uh, so straight up. So, so
1: you're so bypassing Weber's. We no, don't get to yeah Weber's. don't get no. to Weber's. No. Yeah, so that's Webbers on the other side. side. That yeah, would have been right. going the other way. That's right. Well. Uh, I did want to introduce some Weber's trivia, so I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. Good segue. Yeah, no, that was good. I, I was curious because we talked a little bit about Weber's and some of our guests have uh, have Weber's en route to their place. So how many, I'm always interested in these numbers, how many burgers an hour do they, can they, are they able to cook up?
3: In peak season or yep. any time of the no,
1: year? No, in, in high season, we'll call it the cottage in season. In high season, how many burgers per
2: hour? Well, you know, being a food guy, this should right, sort of yeah, be in, should, in my wheelhouse, right? Exactly. You, you go ahead and well, tell me. So, Whatever you know, they, they have, the, adding water. I have. And I haven't been there probably for seven or eight years, but they have two sides. They're flipping burgers. How many can they put out an hour they, per entrance? I'm going to say they can do about 400 burgers an hour.
1: Any
5: other guesses? 583.
3: Gary, what are you thinking? I would say uh, I would go with 450. <laughs> so hang on, Andy said 400. Yeah, and now I, as I'm thinking
2: <laughs> through, it's probably, it could be, I, I'm going to, can I change? No. 600, no, 600. No.
3: Okay, I'm going to go six hundred and one. <laughs> yeah, <that's> Bob. Right.
1: <laughs> you win the burger for closest number. It's 800.
4: Wow, that's a race.
1: Which means in a 10-hour day, 8,000. That's wow. crazy. That Did you do that math by yourself? You no, know, I have it in my She's notes. not just a pretty face, Chris. Come on.
3: <laughs> I have it in my notes. I'm sorry. I cheated a little you bit. You did. You So really did.
1: that's phenomenal. Just almost wow. as prolific as you are a writer, <laughs> Terry. Right? Right. I'm thinking.
3: Can you, can you pop out 8,000 <laughs> books? <Yeah. laughs> that would be nice. No? <laughs> All right.
1: So why don't we pass the baton, the bottle of water, whatever sure. we want to pass the dark rum over sure. to Chris because he gets curious. I do.
3: I do. I get curious. And my curiosity, seeing as we are talking about books. If you had to pick one, if you had to pick one, what is your all-time favorite book? And how many times have you read it? Terry, what do you think? Interesting
4: question. Uh, I would have to say, and it's a terrible question to ask an inveterate reader, Mm -hmm. uh, but if uh, a gun were to my head and I were forced to choose my all-time favorite novel, I would probably have to say... A prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. Really? Okay. And perhaps the more interesting aspect of this answer is I have only read it once.
3: No. What? What do you got?
5: Anything, Pat Conroy? You no, have to pick no, no, no. You got to pick
4: one. Prince of Tides.
2: I do love
5: Prince of Tides. Prince of he Tides. He writes so beautifully.
2: Okay. It's a good book. Okay. Okay. Andy. Only in the most self-deprecating way can I answer this question. <laughs> one again, I don't read a lot of books. my. Mama. Um, My favorite book recently, I've already said, was No Relation. But if there was one book that I have read many, many times, goes back to my childhood, and I loved the Scott Young series of books that started with Scrubs on Skates,
0: (laughs) Boy at the Leaf Camp,
2: Camp. and then Boy on Defense. defense. I read those over and over and over again. I'm going to say it's the only book that I can think of that I read multiple times. All right.
1: My favorite book of all time is Great Expectations, and I've read it five times. Wow, it's really? beautiful book. Dickensian. Yes. I would not have gone there with I you. I know. I would
5: not have either. No. That it's is, a that very is.
1: powerful book. So I'm guessing that so explains
5: why when I lend you books, you haven't read them yet because you're still busy reading.
1: I just keep re-reading reading it. it. Great <laughs> Expectations. Yeah, I'm just looking for my own... Uh, benefactor I guess That's okay. been cute. good luck with that let me know how that turns out
3: <laughs> I think uh, a book that I read again back to my childhood a book that I read uh, and then I've had the great good fortune to read to my children um, uh, it was called My Side of the Mountain and it's a book about a boy who escapes the city and goes off and lives in the Catskill Mountains on his grandfather's land
1: that was a lovely story Chris thank you and I'm really glad you shared it with no us. No problem. Thank you, Terry, for joining us. A pleasure to learn all about your uh, writing career.
4: Thanks your- for having me. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Pleasure to have you.
4: Can't wait to read your books.
1: And coming up, we're going to speak with Jeff Mendel. We're going to talk about some great summer tunes, favorite tunes, and we're going to get his take on maybe what the greatest Canadian summer song is of oh. all time.
0: Who's at the Cottage is supported by Grill Time Gourmet Meat Shop receive five dollars off your next order when you mention the podcast grill time at 62 layer drive in leaside take out or cookout, come and get it
1: offer available until september 4th 2017 as promised we're back and we have a terrific guest with us you know who we've got mel i do know. yeah do you I want me to tell everybody
5: yeah go ahead jeff spindell from boom 97.3 Hey,
1: Jeff. Hey, how are you? We're terrific, and we're so glad you could join us. We're here with Andy. You know Andy. You uh, you guys are fast friends, I think.
6: Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Hi. I know Andy very well. Very well, Andy. I'm good.
2: How are you? Awesome. It's great to see you.
1: And we've also got Chris Worth here how with us. How are you, Jeff? So listen, Jeff, when we decided we wanted to do an episode about uh, words and music, we thought, you know... Andy has this buddy, he's a he's a radio guy, he knows a thing or two about tunes, and we wanted to try and figure out if we could nail the perfect summer song, or, or or sort of call everybody's favorite summer songs and see what we came up with, so I was just telling everybody, you and I have seen this list, and nobody else has, and, and I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it, but it's amazing to me how only a couple of songs appeared on more than one list.
6: Yeah, I mean, there are some similarities. Uh, in, in some songs, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's 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 very scattered.
1: It's it's very diverse, and I think um, to my surprise, there was only three or four songs that appeared on more than one list, and two of them were Canadian.
6: Pretty. You gotta love the uh, Canadian music. And can, can I? Is it the Tragically Hip? Is that the one we're talking about? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had that one on my list, and, and the song is uh, is Bob Cajun.
1: Yeah, terrific and song, and it showed up on a couple of
2: lists. For me, Jeff, uh, You know, being a, a Bob Cajun cottager, that song has become our cottage anthem. It's uh, it's <laughs> every every party, every dock party, every dockside, anything, that song is always being played. And even though I think it's well known that, that the Tragically Hip wrote that song without actually having ever been there, uh, it just rhymed with Constellation is how I understand the story.
6: And it's it's just one of those songs. I mean, for me, for me, that is a summer song, and it's perfect because it reminds me of just sitting back, relaxing, and doing absolutely nothing. And it sounds so silly, but for me to just relax and sit back and do nothing with the amount of kids that I have, that's like a, a nice <laughs> summer song for me because it's like, you know, maybe even like a cottage-type song, sitting on a dock or just doing whatever and just chilling. <laughs> so yeah. that's... That's why I picked Bob Cajun, personally.
1: It's very evocative, right? And I think that's why it came up in a couple of lists. The other one that was Canadian that made a number of lists was Brian Adams, Summer of 69.
6: Well, that makes sense. I think that's just a, a, a staple. I mean, Brian Adams, you, you hear uh, you hear a summer song. I mean, it, for me, when you asked me, uh, you know, last week or whatever, when you said summer song, it was like, all right, Summer of 69. And then I'm like, eh, you know what? I think... I think more people are going to say that one so i'll take it off my list and we'll probably talk about it anyway
1: yeah there you go and we did but it was it was kind of great to see a couple of canadians bubble to the top the other one and this made perfect sense that came up on three lists was uh mr otis redding sitting on the dock uh, of the bay yes. one so of
6: the uh most ahead. famous uh whistling songs
1: <laughs> and you know what else would you be doing out there on your dock, right?
6: Well, that's right. You got to sit there and yeah. whistle.
0: Oh, no, no, that makes sense.
1: And of course, we have a smattering of uh, of Beach Boys. But I guess, and and you know what, really, we're going to post this on our website so all our listeners can see the different uh, the different lists from our guests. And I think we're going to do a playlist. But what I think was really interesting as well was. Um, as you said, the diversity. So what, when, when you're doing your job over there on Boom and you get uh, people calling in, is there, does, it, does it change in the summer? Do people's requests change?
6: I think what happens, what we do at Boom is that we try to play songs that trigger memories. Um, one of the songs that I had on my list was Tom Cochran, Good Times, and it really has oh, nothing yeah. to do with summer. But for me, why I picked it, I remember being at a cottage in the Timmins area way up north, northern Ontario, And I just remember hanging out with my buddies. We did a whole bunch of stuff during the day. And then we just, again, sat back and just relaxed. And that song came on the radio. And it just reminds me of summer. So what I find here at Boom is that people do request more summer-type music. So you will get your Beach Boys. You will get your Mungo Jerry uh, in the summertime. Even uh, Will Smith, summertime. uh, Don Henley, Boys of Summer. It's because I think it just, you know gives people that feeling like, you know, the heat is back because obviously, as you know, we deal with a lot of uh, a lot of cooler temperatures in the wintertime. So the summer, we just kind of we grasp that warm weather and people feel like they they just they need to hear more more summer type music. So, yeah, yeah, to answer your question, yes, we do get more summer requests in, in this season.
3: Yeah, and, and and Jeff even even songs like the Love and Spoonful, which was on my list, you know, Summer in the City. It's it's, it's just that 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 song for me is incredibly evocative of just that, you know, it's that hot summer night, and you, you know, it's just a great great summer song, and and the the way that the, those songs resonate with people, I think they they do. They just have a a way of of giving you a, a visual. Um, that just that, that most other songs don't. I don't know what it is about summer, but that's they just have a visual to go with them for my for my mind anyway.
1: Mel, did you want to talk about your list a little bit? You were a little bit more mellow. I was subdued. Yes,
5: and the reason being that usually I'm a guest at a cottage, and I'm in a cottage that's you know built for six, and there are nineteen of us. Right. So I need to go to <laughs> my happy place with my <laughs> lovely little you know list that kind of is slow and mellow and yes yeah. so i do you want me to name sure. them all or yeah. well anything eric Clapton, but i love wonderful tonight and secret garden bruce springsteen huge bruce fan my favorite concert of all time uh fields of gold eva cassidy and not sting no. not the sting reason. i love sting but anybody who's heard eva sing it it's just, it blows you away <laughs> um we've got tonight bob Seger. Mm. and if you could read my mind gordon
1: lightfoot love it oh so shout out to gordo because he came up him. a couple of times he was on my list my uh one of my favorites um sundown for sure great song edmund fitzgerald yeah, yeah. Yep. summer side of life fabulous anything song. gordon does yeah. is fantastic yeah. uh and do you want to talk about the rest of your list
2: well you know um as a scarborough guy that <laughs> that was in high school in the 1970s that was the day those are the days and jeff I, you know this story that that when when rock bands were starting out they played high schools back then i had the chance to see rush in my high school i saw max webster at my high school yep and I mean, that doesn't happen anymore. So, so I, I, as a Scarborough rocker from the 70s, born in the 60s and raised in the 70s, my list is very strongly Canadian and very strongly uh, sort of rock. And so I had uh, Bob Cajun as, as our anthem, as I said. Uh, Southern Man, Neil Young. Um, love Neil Young. Uh, Limelight by Rush. Uh, David Wilcox, uh, again, high school, you know, played the bars and all that stuff. Uh, I love that Bad Apple tune. And then a shout-out to my pals at Our Lady Peace. Um, you know, hard to pick for me a, one of my favorites of theirs, but uh, recently I saw them play Not Enough. I saw them play it live in the, twice in the last uh, six months, and uh, that song resonates with me. So there's my five. All Canadian, all classic kind of rocker kind of tunes. We're awesome. just
5: going to wrap him in the Canadian flag. That's very
1: patriotic there,
2: Could you imagine if so, if we merged my playlist with Mel's playlist? <laughs> People would think, oh, my God, what, you know, like, they're, they're bipolar. Or something.
1: I bet you get all kinds can of I, can requests.
6: I, can I throw one out there that I don't see on anybody's list? And I was going to put on mine. Uh, Andy, when you talked about uh, some of these bands appearing at high schools, I remember uh, Kim Mitchell. And I remember seeing Kim Mitchell, and and one of my favorite songs from him is "Patio Lantern." Of course, That's my that brother's didn't favorite make a list.
1: song it didn't make anybody's it, list. Yeah. I, wow.
2: I I was struggling because I wanted to include a Max Webster song, you know, before Kim went out on his own. Um, but I just uh, anyway, I couldn't find it in only my top five, but it was close.
1: Yeah, good catch there, Jeff. Do you want to talk about the rest of your list?
6: Um, again, for me, it, it's, it's mainly just uh, just triggering a, a memory. I told you about Tom Cochran. Otis Redding, I really like sitting on the dock of the bay just because of its just laid-back sound. And I also find it uh, the story behind the song very interesting. I don't know if you know about the whistling at the end of the song. No, go ahead. The, the, the way the story goes is that they were recording the song, and uh, they didn't have the last verse written. So what Otis did was that he just whistled out the song, and then they said that they would come back and they would finish the the verse. Unfortunately, Otis died in a plane crash and was never able to finish the end of the song. So the producers that had it, and the whistling was in there that he did, they said, "You know what? Let's just keep the whistling in because it it fits with the with the feel of the song. It's, it's you know, something like that, I mean, I like the song regardless, but the story behind that song, uh, is, is what really does it for me uh, will Smith's summertime it's more of a um, you know an 80s uh, it's got some rapping in it it's kind of hip catchy uh, I like that with Bob Cage and we already discussed and Bob Marley I can pretty much put any Bob Marley song on my list Bob Marley takes me to the beach every time I, I listen to <laughs> uh, his music and I'm sure I'm not alone on that one and uh, yeah I just picked is this love and but Bob Marley I I, I, I put on anything, put on anywhere on the record and I'm
1: good. <laughs> Wonderful. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking time to join us, Jeff. It's been great and I don't think we've reached a conclusive conclusion uh, but we're going to post all of these songs, like I said, on the website and maybe we'll do a poll and let people vote but it's been great to have your input. Thank you so much.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, have a great rest of your summer.
2: Great to see you, Jeff. We'll all see right. you soon.
1: Thanks again and thanks, Andy, for having us. Thanks, it's always
2: a pleasure. Love thank having you. you guys here. Alright. Ciao. Take care. Bye.
1: And for more information about our guests and all the fabulous food we're having here at Andes, be sure to check us out at whosatthecottage.com.
0: Who's at the Cottage is a steak production. Executive producer, Maureen Norman. Production supplied by Gat Broadcast Services. Production assistant, Daniel Cowan.